Greetings and welcome to Shnayim Mikra, the wonderful podcasting series sponsored by the Orthodox Union hosted at OU.org, in which in each podcast we investigate, analyze, and discuss some of the nuances of one of the aliyot of the current week's parashat. We are now coming to the close of our study of Parshat Kitisa. My name is Yitzchak at Shalom, and it's been an honor and a pleasure studying with you. And now we'll read the conclusion. I have to remember that at this point in the narrative, B'nai Yisrael have been forgiven. There has been a reenacting of the Brit that we saw at Mamad Har Sinai with many repetitive nuances or, re- or evocative nuances of, the, of that original Brit. And now, as the coda to it, in uh, Perak Lamed Dalet, Pasuk Chaf Zayin, Vayomar Adonai Moshe, K'tov l'cha et ha-devarim ha-ele. Write down these words. The words of the Brit. Ki al-pia devarim ha-ele karati t'chavrit v'et Yisrael. Notice, he says, it's based on these words that I've made a covenant with you and with Yisrael, which means Moshe is now part of this new Brit, even though Moshe was not guilty of the sin that caused the... Um, Repudiation of the original Brit. And Moshe was up there for 40 days and 40 nights without eating or drinking up on the mountain. So this is the second report we get of Moshe being on the mountain for 40 days and 40 nights. And he wrote on the Luchot the words of the Brit, which are Seratad Varim. Now, what is very unclear in this text is when Hashem says to Moshe, Tov is that a reference now to those ten things? In which case, is a reference to Moshe? Or is there two separate things, are there two separate things going on? In which Hashem says to Moshe, you write this meaning in a scroll, all of this Brit that we just read, going back to, um, uh, perhaps, Perek Lamadal Pasuk Yorbet or Yor Aleph, uh, and separately, Hashem writes on the Luchot the ten words. Uh, it seems to be the latter, because if you recall back at the beginning of the parak, Hashem told Moshe, you fashion the stones, and I will write on the stones. So, Vayichtov ala Luchot now goes back to Hashem. Moshe And now as Moshe comes down, he has the two Luchot, which are going to be, of course, the sign, the sure sign for B'nai Israel that they've been forgiven. Moshe did not know that his face, and this led to a famous misunderstanding, that led to a very famous medieval myth, Moshe did not know that the skin of his face was radiating as Hashem spoke to him. In other words, Hashem spoke to him, panim panim, and again, as B'nai Israel his position has been diminished. Moshe's position has been elevated. And therefore, the the um, skin of his face radiated. However, the word karan would be to send out rays. Karen is a horn. Uh, why a karen is a horn, and there's also karen Yeshua and a ray of hope, etc. Morag dealt with it in his book on uh, on language. Uh, in, a, in a beautiful article, Shlomo, Shlomo Rag dealt with that in, a, in his book on language. However, um, the uh, misunderstanding which led to the famous statue by Michelangelo of Moses with the two horns coming out of his head led, of course, to the famous medieval myth of Jews with horns and the whole devil association, and it went into very, very uh, convoluted ways. In any case, 
now we're afraid to approach Moshe. Moshe's separation from the people now has become nearly absolute. So Moshe summoned them, and Aaron and all of the leaders came to him by the Moshalim, and he spoke to them. And you get the sense that Bnei Israel are being very cautious to approach Moshe. And watch how brilliantly the text equates Moshe as a person to the status of the place of the Shekhinah in Mamar Sinai. Where there was the status of the, the place of, of the Shekhinah, only Moshe could come up, Aharon and the elders could come from a distance, and Bnei Israel had to keep a further distance. Here, Moshe himself is almost unapproachable. He has to summon Aharon, and we sense trepidation on the part of Aharon and the Zekenim to approach him, and then Bnei Israel come afterwards, just like with the heart. Uh, and then he was able to command them everything that Hashem told him, which is all of the laws of the Mishkan. So what happened? Moshe realized that his face was too much for people to take, too powerful. When he finished speaking, he put a cover over his face. When Moshe would now go into the Mishkan, which we're going to hear about throughout Sefer Vayikra, to get mitzvot from Hashem, he would take the cover off his face. And then he'd come out and tell Bnei Yisrael what he'd heard. And Moshe would put the cover on until he would come again to speak to Hashem. So now we find that the separation of HaKadosh Baruch Hu from the people uh, and uh, Moshe as being, if as it were, the intermediary uh, has created a greater polarization. Whereas before you had Hashem's presence felt within the midst of Bnei Israel, and they were able to hear Hashem's voice directly and experience that directly. And Moshe, if you think about it, and Mamad Sinai was with the people at the bottom. He was simply leading them to Hashem. Now, after the several things happened, the first of which was Bnei Israel saying, you go forward, we're afraid. The second thing, of course, being Cheta Egel. And then Moshe's very powerful and heroic stand on behalf of Bnei Israel. What's happened is that Moshe has become far more ethereal. Bnei Israel have become far less spiritual or less connected to Hashem. And now Moshe's separation puts him really as almost unapproachable. And so he goes in as Bnei Israel requested. And he gets the word. Instead of Harsinai, it's now in the Mishkan. However, it is that when Moshe comes out, now he's unapproachable. Which, if you think about the irony of that, that Bnei Yisrael wanted Moshe to go up to the mountain because they felt that the mountain was unapproachable. They felt that Hashem was too powerful for them. And so Moshe was their agent. But then when Moshe would go in, now he comes out and he's too powerful and he has to put a cover, as it were, like a cloud over his face so that Bnei Yisrael don't see it. Just as Lo Yirani Hadam Vachai, Hashem says to Moshe, you cannot see me fully because no man can see me and live. Similarly, Bnei Israel cannot look at Moshe. Moshe has become too imbued with the, with the Ruach HaKodesh, with the Nevoah, for them to be able to withstand. So we find that with, over the course of the narrative of Cheta Egel, we've gone from Moshe being identified as one of the people. The Cheta Egel began. When Hashem says, Lech red ki your nation has been destroyed. And as Chazal say, Lech red, I only made you great for Bnei Israel. You remember Bnei Israel. If they're messing up, I have no use for you. Red migdulatcha, go on down. And we get now to the point 
full circle when we've come to the end that Moshe has saved the people, but as a result of that, there is a tragic outcome, which is that Moshe is no longer a member of the people. His status is one of elevated, noble, ethereal, distant, and separated, and that is a thread that will not be picked up until Parshat Baha'u'llah when it uh, comes to a collision course with Moshe's own position as a leader. And we will see that months from now when we get to it. In the meantime, it has been an honor and a pleasure to study Parshat Kitisa with you. And uh, everybody should have a wonderful Shabbat and a very exciting and happy Chodesh Adar as we start preparing ourselves for Chag HaMatzot. And we'll see you in the next series of podcasts. Shalom.